Hello and welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm Liam Garrity. Customer service is at the forefront of the AI revolution and everyone's trying to keep up. Recently, we published the State of AI in Customer Service 2023 report, which found that this moment right now is rife with opportunities. The sooner you adopt AI for your customer service strategy, the greater chance you have to win a competitive edge. And that's why today we're talking about AI and how to use it to set your productivity free. And who better to talk to than Andrew Lauder, founder and CEO of Lauder Co., a company that specializes in simplifying the integration of AI into businesses. Andrew, you're very welcome to the show. Hey, Liam, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and I'm excited to be a part of it. Thank you. You have an excellent presentation all about the power of AI, which kicks off with a super interesting story about this criminal defense law firm and, yeah. and, and AI. I was wondering if you could share that story with us, because I think it's a great way to kick things off. Yeah, thank you, Liam. And, you know, just for context, as I've, I've been a part of this peer group called Vistage, it's a national peer group in the, in the U.S., and we have a number of different types of groups. There's CEO groups, key groups, emerging leader groups. But I've been traveling across the United States delivering this presentation to a number of those different groups. And the main message I like to portray is the the fact that the days of AI feeling unattainable and intimidating really should be over. There's so many AI tools that are quick access, relatively low cost, relatively low time to implement. And so I start things off with the story of this criminal defense law firm client of ours, where uh, for those that understand that whole process, there's a major bottleneck that occurs in what's called the e-discovery phase. And they've got to sort through two terabytes, three terabytes or more worth of electronic data to try to find evidence to support their clients. And so what that amounts to is usually it's a team of six or seven people pouring in 60, 70 hour work weeks, high stress and they only come through about 25% of all that information. And well, we said, look, there's AI tools out there that can help you. We went through a selection implementation process with them of a tool called NextPoint and it rolled it out. And what we came to find was they went from close to 1,000 work hours per case down to about 40 to 50 work hours per case because wow. the AI is able to pour through all that information relatively quickly. Then the key part to the whole equation I like to talk about is AI plus human interaction. And that's where then the team of administrative folks at that uh, criminal defense law firm can pour through all that information themselves, validate it, rerun it, feel confident about it and move on. And so that's massive gains for this company. Now they can go out, grow more revenue without needing to add more costs and payroll and even maybe even considering switching over to a flat fee structure for some of these administrative tasks so they can still remain profitable through all that. So it's, it's incredibly powerful. That's a great example of a lot of the talks that I give right there. Just the difference between those is just, it, it's astonishing. That's why I, yeah, I wanted to start off with that because it just really illustrates it so well. So I suppose for people like leaders, you know, thinking about AI, and I suppose for most people, maybe you might even say are kind of new to all, you know, this AI stuff. So what would you say are like the key differences between, you know, building and buying AI solutions? And like, how could businesses decide which approach is more suitable for, you know, their, their own needs? Yeah, great question. Look, I think if you and I were having this conversation some five or eight years ago, a completely different answer because back then, in order to get AI into your business, you more than likely had to go and build something custom. 
And to do that took a lot of blood, sweat, tears, a lot of money, a lot of time. But there's been this movement of democratization of AI where the power of these AI tools and workflows can get to the hands of the many to create really powerful applications that benefit business. And so the real analysis today around build versus buy is driven by a couple of things. But it starts with awareness. Okay, you might have a vision or a problem that needs solving. And if you don't know what's out there, then you may find yourself gravitating toward that build decision, which the build decision, yes, it's become relatively simpler to build AI. It still takes a lot of time, money, heartache, effort, sleepless nights. So it's possible, okay, and the cost has come down quite a bit. But the reasons you would consider that are maybe there's not a solution out there that can solve your problem. So you're, you're looking for something very unique. Maybe also you're trying to, to establish a major competitive differentiator, whether it's in the line of maybe a new product offering or even in the way that you operate internally. But you know those are reasons you'd probably want to buy if something just doesn't exist already and you're looking to gain some new revenue. And obviously, when you buy something off the shelf, then that's something where it's a more commonly used, more accessible, relatively quick to implement, relatively inexpensive, and you're targeting usually a major operational efficiency gain there too. So I suppose another aspect of this is that people might be thinking about are like, you know, what steps, like, are there any steps that my business needs to be taking to to be AI ready? You know, um, that's a question we hear all the time. And it, it's a relative question. We actually have an AI readiness assessment that you can take through our website. And really what it gauges is not really necessarily whether or not you should be utilizing AI because the blanket answer is absolutely it's really to what degree, what depth, or even at what speed of change management should you be moving or feel comfortable moving toward. And so I think starting there, just to get a feel for it, we, we grade things on like strategy, operations, AI buy-in, and even the people that are part of the company to kind of get a feel for how ready your folks might be, the, the leadership buy-in. Are you thinking strategically with AI in mind? In fact, do you have an AI strategy? Are you proactive there? And a lot of companies end up scoring rather low on that strategy piece because we're they're just now starting to think about AI for them. And so another opportunity, too, is that I get asked this quite a bit is, you know, can you come into our, our companies, come present on AI to our leadership teams, which we go do in the form of a workshop. And then we get into a, what we call our rapid assessment, which is really a great starting off point to identify the problems in the business that are just you know, major pain points, those tedious manual tasks that need to be addressed to then map those problems to potential AI solutions. We identify what the quick win opportunities might be and then get into a roadmap of selecting and implementing the right tools for them. And so a lot of it, a lot of times it starts with the readiness assessment, building awareness in the company, finding those little hanging fruit AI opportunities and implementing those to start gaining great outputs, great outcomes and start getting some confidence in the business around AI. So if they buy the, you know, the off the shelf AI solutions, what do you think are the, like the most crucial factors that they should consider to ensure immediate benefits and a high return on investment? Yeah, I think it starts with just an inward look. Okay. And I like to equate this to like, if a buddy of yours asks you, Hey, I'm, I'm car shopping. What car should I get? Right? I mean, I can throw out a, a car, but it may not suit you. Right. I mean, do you have a family? Do you want to go fast? Do you need to tow a lot of things? Are you, Whatever, right? So you need to determine like what's going to be right for you, what's going to be right for your business. And so to understand your processes, capturing the requirements that you're needing, 
everything from not just like the feature set, but also you need to have visibility into any security or compliance regulatory things that your business needs to abide by or the tool needs to abide by. And then on top of that too, what, what integration points do you need to be aware of? What systems and other applications would you want to integrate with? So once you have that list, then it goes into like, what's out there? What's in the marketplace that can meet as many of those requirements as possible? Choosing the right one, not just based on those needs, but also the cost analysis, determining is the juice worth the squeeze? And then you get into implementation, which is all about configuring the tool, training it up, testing it up. Then once you feel good about it, get into change management. But so change management is often overlooked. And it's a shame because you spend all this time setting things up only to just allow CEOs ditch the effort and just say, hey, let's just send a link out to our folks. We believe they'll do it. But they need awareness, they need communication, they need training. Some are going to need some hand-holding. And so that's going to really drive adoption up. And we, we help all of our clients kind of work through that whole phase, all that process right there. And look, uh, one thing I love highlighting too is like we help our clients do piloting of the system too. So they, they get good feedback from those using it and those people using it actually become positive influencers of the change amongst the company. And many businesses, you know, they're going to be eager to tap into AI for increased profits. And I'm wondering just how attainable is that? And like, are there companies doing it already? There are, there certainly are. You know, one story is, you know, I actually, in my talks, highlight Finn, you know, the product by Intercom. And somebody raised their hand and said, look, when we uh, first started implementing Finn, we had a team of five people that were providing customer service support online. We rolled Finn out. And now those same five people are providing this, the coverage and support equivalent to 20 people. You know, wow. that's huge, right? That's a huge ROI. So for that particular business who had their sites on growing, now they don't need to make that expense on payroll to try to be ready for that change. The tool is able to adopt and, and, and become that um, exponential factor to the employees using it. That's great to hear, first off. But yeah. also then, you know, time and cost are, are, are things, you know, I hear people mention a lot when it comes to this. They're obviously essential metrics for businesses. But like, what would you say to folks about like trying to, I don't know, maybe develop strategies for like evaluating the time and cost yeah. factors when making the decision to, to buy AI solutions? Oh, absolutely. So, um, Look, a lot of data has been coming out. A lot of data came out many years ago leading up to now. But even with this whole generative AI movement, we're seeing even more data pour out. And I'll give you three numbers to consider. Okay, MIT put out a study that showed a 40% increase in productivity gains. McKinsey did a similar study that showed 30%. That's going to be attained here by 2030. Deloitte put one out even before all the generative AI craze. It said AI and machine learning is going to drive a 37% productivity gain amongst you know, business users. And so, I mean, you can certainly jump to a conclusion and run your own numbers and kind of go case by case and try to estimate, okay, if I implement this tool, it might create 40% productivity gain, save about 40% of hours. We're paying people X amount of dollars per hour, if you can get to a number around that. And just doing the brief you know, calculation of time saved versus the dollar spent. I mean, that's it's huge ROI. And what I'm, like, what I'm seeing oftentimes too is the other part of the equation is the growth that you can now attain without needing to increase that payroll. So we have a client that's gone from 10 million to close to 20 million in annual revenues and haven't needed to add a single person headcount to their office staff 
which would consist of eight to 10 more people, right? So that's a massive profitability gain with that growth. And it just does become a bit of a, just a mathematical equation you need to run for your business. I am not sure if it's the same study we're talking about, but we definitely spoke to a researcher from MIT a few episodes ago, Lindsay Raymond, yeah, who was one of awesome. the authors of a study that, you know, that that talked about AI boosting customer service team productivity by this oh, massive yeah. amount. Same one, yeah. Yeah, a huge just, number in customer service. Yeah, just like incredible. Then uh, another kind of element to this, there's so many because AI <laughs> is this like new thing. People have all these different like thoughts and concerns, but de-risking AI implementation is a significant concern, I think, for a lot of people. And how can businesses ensure they choose the right off-the-shelf like AI tools and like minimize the potential risks associated with that integration? Yeah, I think first and foremost, I, I would recommend going through our four-phase approach. The way we go about it is there's four phases, requirements, gathering, selecting, implementation, and change management. And we've designed that to absolutely de-risk the whole process and ensure the right tool is selected. But even more importantly, make sure the business users are adopting it. And so it does start with the requirements gathering. There's some things you can be doing as well. Like uh, some folks enter into a demo situation on a product. And just kind of come in with an open canvas. We don't recommend that, okay? Send out a script of what exactly you're wanting to see. Maybe even share some of your data and information that have to have a real-life business scenario put in play with the system. If it's sensitive information, have an NDA signed, a mutual NDA signed to be able to continue that conversation. But once you see it in motion, you've done a good comparison across, you know, a good three, four, five or so systems then you should have a high level of confidence in moving forward. And also, the one thing I also highlight is one reason you go through those steps is to select the tool that will require as minimal customization as possible. Because customization really means time, money, effort. And oftentimes, while there are certainly happy stories out there, it increases that risk and likelihood of more costs and, and more time to implement. And so certainly finding those tools that can be highly configurable helps. And the other part of this too, Liam, is, you know, it, this, it doesn't take long to sit down and write out an AI policy for your business. Okay? And that AI policy can do so much for you. It can answer questions that your people might be having. It can ensure that sensitive information is not being passed through certain channels. Because as you know, even chat GPT has certain you know, the warnings on sensitive data and people need to be mindful of that. And so just sitting down and crafting a, a, a policy doesn't need to be massive. You know, it could just take 30 minutes, identify how should you use AI with customers? You know, how, what, how should we drive accountability in AI? What are the certain use cases we should be using it for? Maybe even identifying certain approved tools. But I think those two things, taking the step-by-step -step approach of selecting right tools and having an AI policy document in hand that people are following can certainly help to de-risk and drive success up in the business. That's great advice. What insights do you have into the various ways like businesses can swiftly and affordably implement AI solutions without compromising on quality and effectiveness? Because I know that's one of the things that's kind of top of, especially a lot of customer support leaders' minds. Let's pick on what I would assume to be the process there at Intercom to set what I've heard about Finn, right? It has a really great feature where you can turn on your access to your knowledge base, and then people can ask questions fluidly just like they would chat GPT. 
And so in my estimation, it would, it would be to ensure that in that knowledge base resides, you know, the right data, your sources of truth of information, the right, right policy manuals, customer manuals, whatever that is, you know, garbage in, garbage out, that's a huge component to AI. And so just ensuring that you've got the right documentation in there, the right policies, the right processes, the right information that then your customers can lean on. And when they get that information, it's correct. Okay. And so um, it's going to be critical to say in this example, to take the time to do that. Now in the world of generative AI, that's going to be the case across a number of different business use cases where you need to be sure now more than ever that you have a plan on how you're managing your data. You know, you want to have a, a, an opportunity to still live in a, a bit of a sandbox environment where you're creating drafts and working toward a final document. If, if you're anything like me, I sometimes have version 17 of something out there, but I don't want generative AI kind of going through that. So having that data management plan where you have your, your sandbox and you have your production level environment, if you will, where you're housing all those sources of truth data, then I think that's going to be a winning strategy to ensure that it's, it's working appropriately. You're getting the right ROI. It's not creating any confusion amongst the users. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know that episode two of Offscript, our new series of candid conversations with Intercom, all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing, is out now on YouTube. Here's a teaser featuring our chief product officer, Paul Adams, discussing AI-first customer service. The best place for me to start is that technology only moves in one direction. Once you go through these like before-after moments, you never go back. AI has clearly already shown us that it can help in transformational ways. It has given us a new way to do customer service. And that new way is AI first. The business that provides incredible customer service is the business that will win. And the earlier that people lean into this completely new mindset, the earlier they can deliver this incredible holy grail type of customer experience, it's a huge opportunity for businesses to literally change how people think about them. It's just a matter of time. That's all to come on episode two of Offscript. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel right now, and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. You're obviously out there. You're talking to so many different businesses about this. What industries are business functions have particularly benefited from readily available AI solutions? I mean, it's going to sound can, but all of them, <laughs> frankly, I mean, look, I do think that there are some more than others. Look, I think the, a lot of blue collar industries that are in bid situations to win business from others, whether it's construction or, or something similar to it, where you've got an RFP process. I think what we're driving toward right now is the ability to leverage AI to increase profitability, increase margins, right? And so if you're able to leverage tools that allow you to do that, especially in those hyper-competitive environments, you can be more competitive on your pricing to win more of those bids while still remaining highly profitable. Whereas your competitors who are not looking at tools like that to drive profits might sit back and say, gosh, how did we lose this? There's no way they're making any money. But really the secret to it all is like, yes, they are. They're leveraging AI to drive efficiency gains. And what I've seen in the world of construction, estimating and takeoff AI software out there. I've seen project management software, the tool called OpenSpace. You put a camera on your head and you walk around, it captures the progress of the construction 
And so just there's a lot there. And I, I, I do believe construction has a lot of low-hanging fruit there. Also law firms, you know, very much set in their old school ways, lots of paper, lots of typing. Well, I think between generative AI and other AI contract management systems, I think they're right for this as well. Absolutely. And I suppose coming from our space, we could definitely say that customer support is all over this. Just before we wrap up, and because I suppose we're in the customer support space, I always like to ask, what was your best or worst customer service experience? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'll tell you, it's, um, it runs the gamut. You know, best customer experience from are you asking let's say from a personal standpoint yeah man, yeah absolutely yeah you yeah. know i love going to i work contacts i love calling 1-800 contacts and ordering from them because they're so fast to answer they have my information in front of them they know how all that works uh, you know there's also a really great company here in the dallas fort worth area called moxie pest control they provide outstanding customer service to their customers that you know, as a customer i'm able to see that firsthand too you know, worst customer experiences, gosh, I don't know if I want to put anybody on blast here, but it's it's way too common, unfortunately, right? It's way too common that I think profits and process are put ahead of, of customer experience, which is also another reason why I love intercoms, that they're able to merge both, right? That process experience. And from the business side of it, it's it's so easy to use and set up. And then from the customer side of it, it delivers such wonderful responses. So when I see a company out there, I get to their website and I see intercom down the bottom right and I need to use that thing. I'm feeling pretty good about what I'm going to experience there. So a shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> and what's next for you and the company? You know, are, are there any big plans or projects for the rest of the year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're we're just trying to keep up with demand right now. We've been talking AI, AI solutions as part of our business offerings for the last six or seven years. It's been a bit of an uphill climb because it's been a, a more conceptual conversation. But with ChatGPT, what's happening in generative AI, some of these tools coming out around like Copilot and what Google's doing, it's becoming a lot more concrete. The, there's a lot of wow factor behind it. The productivity numbers are speaking for themselves. And so for us, it's continuing to get the message out, continue to drive the value out and be ready to support our clients through it. And look, I think we're also looking at the next wave in this. Like a lot of right now, the conversations I'm having are kind of that AI 101 level. Let's get started at the foundational. I think what I'm preparing for here in the next six to nine months, maybe even sooner, is what's that next level conversation? What are the big ones we can go after? What are the, the, mo the more impactful things as well? And so those are the things we're gearing up toward and it's trying to stay at the forefront so we can serve our clients in the best way we can. Where can people keep in touch with you? And I know there's probably going to be a lot of people who are going to want to hear this presentation, you know, given to their company. Where can people find you? All right. Our website's louderco.com and it's just like speak louder. Okay. L-O-U-D-E-R-C-O.com. I get that asked all the time. Is it like speak louder? Absolutely. That's how it is. And you can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn. If you want to reach out to me via email, it's andrew.louder at louderco.com. Happy to chat. Loud and clear. That's what I'm, I'm pitching that to. <laughs> there you go. To, to, you know. There you go. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Sam. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Andrew Louder. 
If that has given you food for thought and you're a customer support leader who wants to resolve 50% of your support questions with our AI chatbot, Finn, just go to intercom.com forward slash Finn, where you can learn more about our breakthrough AI bot powered by OpenAI. Okay, that's it for today. Join me next week for more Inside Intercom. This is Inside Intercom.